Welcome to a brand new episode of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast. This week we are returning finally to our interviews, and I'm really sorry that things have been a bit sporadic lately. Been kind of uh, going through a rough patch personally, and uh, and as you know, I love this show. It is a labor of love, and when things get a little hard, um, unfortunately, it can kind of fall to the wayside. Uh, but hoping to get back into the full swing of things, hoping in addition to this interview, we can get a regular episode this week out onto your feed as well. But this uh, interview episode, really, it, it will feel like a full episode. Uh, I got the chance to talk to Kate Sharon, who has done some great work over at Boom Studios and who is also doing a lot of great creator-owned work. And we just had such a great time chatting. You know, we, we talk a bit about her work and working in comics and just go down rabbit holes uh, that get us far away from comics, but I think are still uh, very entertaining conversations. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say by the end of this, her and I were pretty much best friends. Guys, don't tell Nick. It would, it would devastate him. I don't want to stay in the way, though. There's lots of episode ahead, so please enjoy this episode, A Conversation with Kate Sharon. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Kate Sharon, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh, Well, hopefully, you know, people who are listening this are familiar with your work. If not, you guys are really missing out. Um, But I I, I just I'm a little curious about uh, about. The Casebook of Rabbit Black. Uh, yes, uh, that's my creator-owned series. It's a murder mystery, a little bit of magic thrown in for good measure. Uh, putting that one out with Comicart Digital, run by the lovely Sean Williams, uh, who hopefully you all have heard of him by now, but if you haven't, he is uh, he's really fantastic and someone you all should reach out to, especially in the indie comic scene. All right, I had not heard that name before now, but I'm definitely going to uh, look into contacting him. Um, what is Comicker? I, 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 in reading a little bit of Rabbit Black, it was kind of the first that I'd ever come across it. And, I'm, you know, I, obviously <laughs> you don't work for them, but just like what, <laughs> what a general overview of what it is. Well, Comicker, uh, Sean had started that up with this idea of, you know, as we're going into this new brave new world of of new digital markets mm-hmm. and just things are changing so fast for the comic industry um i know sean really had this idea of of wanting to bring comics to these new markets mm. and especially titles that focused on on diversity on titles that were created by women and creators of color and uh that were about women and creators of color and and uh, are people of color and 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 just trying to kind of broaden uh the stories that are that because you know there's so many stories out there that mm-hmm. need to be told and this was he wanted to create another platform that 
gave these stories space and an audience. Yeah, that's one thing that, that comes up a lot in all of my conversations of comics is because the industry is in this really weird space right now. And it it's sort of in a transition, but nobody knows really in which way it's going to go. Uh, Everyone's got their own thoughts on that. There's like a new think piece every week about what the next direction is for the industry. And I'm like, well, let's see what happens. It's that's, It should be a fun ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> comics, comics are always going to exist. You know, if you come into questions of the big two, how long before those just turn into movie companies? rather than comic companies, but you, you'll always have comics. Yeah. Oh, I, I, you know, I think that that's a format that has proven if it, if it didn't die out in the eighties and nineties, I, you know, it's, <laughs> I don't think it's going to die out now, especially not with, uh, all of the, the movies that are out now and, mm-hmm. uh, the new readers that are, you know, bringing uh, that that's bringing to the table. And I mean, just all like the, the internet, the internet has made, all different kinds of comics, both accessible to readers and made those readers accessible to creators. And so I don't, I think it's a, I think it's an industry that if people allow for it and people still continue to support it with money, uh, <laughs> I think could, I mean, you know, it right. takes you, money you need, you need money. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think that there's a lot of space for some really engaging storytelling going on from a lot of really engaging voices that don't always have a place to tell them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Just in, in your opinion, aside from yourself, who are, you know, some of these voices that you feel people should be aware of? Oh, heavens. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of putting you on the spot right now, but I'm just I mean, curious if know, anyone pops I, to mind. I, I run in a, um, I hate to throw it because a lot of, of the, the, the creators that I really admire are, um, and I hate to say this, but they are, they are white dudes. And, and, (laughs) um, (laughs) but I, so I, I don't want to just automatically throw out white dude names, but I mean, I, okay. So Brian Lovell, good friend of mine, he's been doing some lovely Marvel work, but he's finally getting the chance to really bust out with, this upcoming project that's a creator owned project of his called dream street. And it is, if you're a horror fan, Hmm. Oh boy, howdy, is it going to, it's going to, it's going to mess with you real good. And so I think people should keep an eye on him. Um, I think, I think that, uh, just everything that's going on over at iron circus with, uh, 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 is just some really, fun and smart and interesting indie stuff that's coming up um that needs uh some some more eyeballs and some more money uh i mean everyone needs eyeballs and money vault's got some interesting lineups that again they could definitely use uh some 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 love like some really fascinating genres titles coming up through vault Hmm. um that they're what maybe a year old too yeah that name is that name is familiar i've heard them before yeah they are they're like i said i'm pretty sure they're only a couple years old and out of the gate they have some really engaging titles but because they're young we gotta show them some love we gotta throw them (laughs) and love not just you know retweets gotta throw them some money right (laughs) so you know and and of course sorry (laughs) oh gosh um 
and I just lost what I was just about oh, to say. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, no. I totally derailed you. Uh, yeah, it... No, no, but that's, I mean, that's totally awesome because I, I find myself kind of in that, you know, kind of getting in that rut of reading the same creators kind of over and over again um, and, you know, kind of reading the same books, you know, week to week, uh, just, you know, getting whatever's on my pull list. And yeah. I, I don't take the time to properly branch out and, and get to these smaller publishers and people who are giving a, a chance to, you know, people who have stories to tell and then that are just yeah. like, and every time that I do, you know, I, I'm always so thankful that I did um, because it's something that I, you know, I wouldn't have gotten my eyes to otherwise. It's, it's a, uh, it's tricky. I find that Twitter helps. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I know that that of course is its own. Beast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have a heavily curated Twitter feed where it's like, I have multiple lists. Like I use a, a Twitter app called Twitterbot. And it makes it really easy for me to put That's a good different idea. people into lists and I can jump between lists. And so like, if I don't want to look at like news and headlines today, I don't have to, that's all quarantined to one list. <laughs> and, um, and so I, it's filtered out a lot of the mess and the noise. And, and then I have the chance to come across, like I had never heard of comics and cola doing this. Uh, they do this quarterly thing called short box. Hmm. where you they 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 put together like a, a small package of 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 indian small press comics and uh i i just found out about it and got this last quarters and it's got uh i haven't gotten through all the titles yet but like it's they're all creators that um well i'd heard of um i'm going to look her up because i will get her name wrong <laughs> if i don't do this real quick and obviously I'd heard of Emily Carroll. I was going, I was about to, I'm glad I looked that up. I would have, uh, Emily Carroll has this beautiful uh, comic in there, but um, I'd never heard of Rosie Brand or, ooh, I'm going to slaughter this one. Gima Gariba uh, or uh, Viv Schwartz, uh, Matthew Petit. You know, these are all creators I've not heard of. And this was, yeah, and, uh, this is a, uh, I don't know, it was just really lovely to get in the mail a bunch of, of these books from creators I've never heard of. They're all gorgeous. They're all unique. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, and I wouldn't have ever heard of it except that I just happened to run across a tweet one day and happened to, it happened to be right in, like, the order window. And I was like, you know what? Let's do this. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's sort of the the beauty of Twitter, with all of its problems aside. I I also very am very heavily, pretty much just following comic people. That's kind of how I I've curated. You know, those are the people that I I want to follow, um, even though a lot of comic people are very political people as well, <laughs> and uh, and I think that's always been part of the industry. Um, oh yeah, you know I have plenty to say on all things. I just don't do it on my Twitter. That's right. just my personal choice. Not a judgment call on anyone. Not not stepping on anyone here. I just know that I keep mine particularly clean of that. But trust, if you get me talking in person, <laughs> <laughs> I have many things to say on everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Twitter has also been the primary way that I have found people for this show. Um, to because I. I 
commented on something that you posted and was like, Hey, do you want to be on my show sometime? Um, exactly. I think it was, uh, the visible, this latest visible women's hashtag. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's, so let's talk a little bit about that. Cause that was, that's really cool. What just for people who maybe haven't heard this, who aren't on Twitter, what is the, the visible woman's hashtag? I believe it was started by, uh, Kelly Sudaconic. Correct me if I'm wrong. No. Um, and, uh, it's basically just a, is it an annual biannual event where, um, and I mean, you can post any other day to the hashtag right. visible women. Um, but it was all, a, uh, a chance to put a spotlight on women creators. Um, and I think now that they're, they're also, um, compiling maybe a Google doc or something of all the creators. And oh, that's awesome. I believe, I believe they are documenting them now. Um, I think I saw a tweet to that effect, uh, this, this past round. And it's just, uh, yet another way that like, I mean, you pop into that hashtag and you will get flooded with some of the most amazing art, uh, <laughs> and work you will ever see. And it's all by women. And, you know, it's anytime anyone wants to say anything about like, I don't, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna I, I feel like there are some of the same rote arguments that pop up when people when the question of why aren't there more women in comics or any creative field mm-hmm. let's be honest whether it's film novels comics television I think you know there's a lot of arguments that pop up as to why we're not visible, but we're here mm-hmm. and we've been here and we're always going to be here. And y'all just need to open your eyes and also your, your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> the important lesson of this conversation is guys, you gotta, you gotta give money to the cool artists. Please. <laughs> <laughs> and I know, I know I keep mentioning that and it's not just, it's not that I want thro- people to throw money at me. It's more of just, that's, no, that's how comics I'm, are going to survive, and artists I are going to. That's how get any known. of this is going to yeah. survive. No, for sure. And the internet makes it so easy for you to get all this stuff for free, or to to pass it around, or to torrent it, or however. And it's if if you don't pay for it, it's not going to continue to exist. And so I don't know. I mean. I understand the arguments of, well, I don't have a lot of money. I've been there. I'm yeah. still there. <laughs> I'm 35 <laughs> and I've been in some form of creative career my, my entire life. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you you pay for what you can when you can. And when you can't, find some other ways to show that support mm-hmm. through tweets and through Instagram and through social media and talking to your friends and 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 so even if you can't pay for it in money at least pay for it in lip service yeah 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 it is it is it is such a difficult conversation because I've been in that place in the past um and I'm not proud to say you know that I remember pirating the Sinestro Corp Wars uh, but then, you know, when I had money, I remembered that and I went and bought it. You know, I was like, I, I, yeah. I'm going to pay service to this thing that I did. So that's, I mean, that's like the one thing where I find out people are like pirating. I'm like, all right, look, I'm going to give I'm, I'm going to let it slide. But when you get the chance, you pay for that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 
which uh, you know whether or not they do that's up to them on our system you know i don't i don't know uh but women really do need to be represented more <laughs> for a lot of reasons um but one you know i think an important thing for people is to to find a way to see the effects of it because it's it's so easy to again pay lip service um, but like my niece, I decided when I was uh, with my niece over uh, Christmas time that I was going to take her to the comic shop. We were going to buy some comics. And I, you know, I I got her a, a couple of things. But I was like, I really want to make sure that I get her something that is made by a woman, that is that is written and drawn by a woman because she is an artistic kid and uh, really talented. And I want her to see, you know, I want her to see women doing this and pursuing this so that she knows if she wants to this is something that she can do and you know comics there's a lot of mature comics but there's also you know comics were started for young people for kids and and i think that's also sort of where the medium uh can shine in a lot of ways and and have a lot of fun Oh yeah, I uh, I have a niece and nephew who are four and six, and we're getting into the buying them comics phase, and uh, it's so much fun to see. Cause, I mean, I admit I'm not an all ages reader, and I don't usually read children's comics, Safe. but getting to explore that through buying them for my niece and nephew, like, it's so there's so much fun, bright, colorful, smart comics out there yes uh, it's it's mind-blowing and and i love it i love being having this whole new world of of stories open up to me because yeah i i just had, would have never thought to look there until the kids came along and now it's like well hey well look at this oh my gosh <laughs> this is wonderful yeah yeah and and the cool thing too is like when i you know when i give those to her i'm like well i want to read it too so i can talk to her about it and it's it's getting like me greater exposure to to this kind of stuff. Um, I need to ask her if she's read Lumberjanes yet. I hope that she has. How old is she? She's ten. Yeah. Oh, so Lumberjanes is probably a good start. Yeah. If you're wanting to get her into the the big two, obviously the Miss Marvel this latest run has been lovely. Um, so you know, I don't know. You know, there's a there's there's that's a good age that there's a lot of fun stuff being made for that age right now yeah yeah and there's i mean there's some I've, people i've asked for people to give me recommendations and there's all this cool stuff i forgot about that'd be perfect for her like bone I'm like oh she would yeah. probably love bone oh bone is so good yeah. <laughs> uh, so you you've actually done some work on some all ages books as well i have uh it was uh again um wasn't my goal to fall into all ages, <laughs> but <laughs> now that I'm here, I enjoy it very much. It's a lot of fun. I um, happened to do a short with a friend of mine, Ryan Ferrier, and uh, one of the editors at Boom saw that, and she's like, hey, you know, we need to do some shorts for uh, an Amazing World of Gumball anthology, and so I've done, let's see here... I've written and illustrated two shorts and then one longer for a graphic novel backfill for uh, Gumball. And then I've also just did the art for a uh, um, Adventure Time. I was about to say Adventure Zone. Good gravy. <laughs> Don't get me started on my McElroy boys. Oh, <laughs> what? Oh, the McElroy brothers are the best. 
I love them so much. Oh my gosh, they're coming to St. Louis, and I got my <sighs> tickets, and I'm so excited. I, know, I they, can't even. They just announced that tour, and I looked at all the dates, and they're they're too far from me, and I'm so upset. Oh, I was I when they said they were coming to St. Louis, I like sat on the website to get tickets, and <laughs> I was behind on my my uh, my podcast, and didn't realize that there was like a pre. Oh no! Code, and so then like that day, the tickets go on sale on that Friday, and I try to get on, and the website's like, "There's no tickets available." Oh like, no! No, but then I, 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 but then like later, I heard something that they're like, "We still have St. Louis tickets," and I was like, "Oh my god, the website was lying!" And I got my tickets, and I'm so excited, and I just, I, I, yeah, is it? I, I love these boys. Is so it Mabim Bam or is it Adventure Zone? It's Mabim Bam. Which, oh. Yeah. You know, that was actually my entry into the McElroy boys. Like the adventure zone was an easy, you know, easy sell. I love it so much. <laughs> it's one of the best things I've ever listened to ever, but it was, it was yeah, actually, Mabim Bam's got my heart. Yeah, it was actually the opposite <laughs> for me. I like live play podcasts, mm. um, which is such a rabbit hole. There's so many of them. <laughs> And and like, yeah. <laughs> and they, not all of them are consistent. So I'll listen to one, like catch up, and be like, well, I guess I'll start another one because this one hasn't updated in four months. Mm. And that's luckily Adventure Zone is is pretty consistent. And then I I got over um, onto uh, onto Mabim Bam as well, which is just so much of that has seeped into my life, especially stuff that Griffin says. Yes. Uh, just I'm always I always you know always like oh, that was that was a good good sandwich or something like that. <laughs> just, everything is good good now. Yeah, everything is good good, and I have a shrimp heaven now T-shirt. You know, it's it's a lifestyle more than anything. It, it just seeps into everything, and then like it doesn't help that like I'm also a Hamilton fan, uh, and yes. like it blows my mind that they're friends with. But they're like really good friends <laughs> with Phil <laughs> Miranda out of nowhere. And like every time he has a TV sh- like appearance, he does the great job honk honk, and I'm just <sighs> like, and it's adorable. And if you're not a uh, a subscriber to the Max Fun Network, which everyone who listens to Max Fun should be, again with paying for the good good content, <laughs> <laughs> I actually I, I I I love being a subscriber. I listen to more Max Fun shows than anything else during my week. So like for me, I'm like, oh, of course, here you go. Here's ten dollars a month. This is the least I can do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Max Fun drives just around the corner, and I I think I'm this is so the year. Excited. This is the year I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in. I'm gonna go for it. You should do it. You should do it. It's worth it because yeah. you'll get you'll get access to all their ex like they have donor only a donor only feed, and there are some really there's this lovely um, for Adventure Zone. They do a couple of episodes in this arc that um, uh, Travis. Uh, oh, is that the Taz Knights? Yes, yeah. it's really fantastic. Griffin's character is wonderful, and there is an episode with a special guest appearance from Lin Manuel Miranda playing a bard. Oh my! Oh, what? Yes. How have I not I heard know. that? Oh, I, I, man, I, I remember seeing a picture of Justin at like a he he had that day where he was hanging out with Lin Manuel Miranda and Jimmy Buffett, and went and saw like both. I'm like, what is your life? What? I think like he was like. I, I, I think I heard something where like he was he was basically like um, what's the word N- like ah what is the word I can't think of it now but like basically they like Lin-Manuel Miranda and Jimmy Buffett were sitting down for a chat and he was like 
I don't I don't what is your life what is your life (laughs) this is these are the people that are your friends and that you hang out with and on your New York show, Lin Manuel Miranda comes out and sings like, "Shrimp Heaven" now. Yeah, plays the little beginning song. It's so like, ridiculous, <laughs> and they're friends with Patrick Rothfuss as well. Like, yeah. Ugh. And I, you know, and and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but they seem like, and I think this is part of their their success and their charm is that they are just genuinely good dudes trying to do right and like they have genuine love for each other and respect oh, yeah. for each other and it's just like they're funny as hell but there's also that that heart to it you know it's mm-hmm. hard not to fall in love with that yeah and, and and you know i'm i'm loath to plug another show another interview show in the middle of an interview but there's a, a show called bullseye with jesse thorne who started yes. the max fun network and there is a great episode where uh, Linda Holmes from NPR, from Pop Culture Happy yeah, Hour, another which is, oh wonderful gosh. podcast. Uh, she interviews them and they talk about yeah, just their their success and why their brand of stuff works and yeah, that is but, such a good episode. I love that episode. A great episode. And people, you know, people are like, oh, you know, why do you do podcasting? What like what is your hope there? I'm like, go look at the McElroy brothers, and that's what I want out of life. Is just... is that. <laughs> To make something that is is joy and fun and engaging and it gives so much to people. Like, yeah, I don't know, you know. Yeah, I mean, what what Bim Bam is just them. It, it's an advice show, quote unquote, but it's just them goofing off for an hour, and it is one of my favorite times of the week. It really is. It's so just. I love it so much. And you've seen the show, right? Yeah, I've seen a couple episodes. I, I know they're all on Verve now. I've been meaning to go just watch them, but yeah, it, the the, the show is a lot of fun. They're up on iTunes now too, but I think it's like nine ninety nine for the season or something, which is like a steal. But um, it's oh my gosh, they're so great. They're so wonderful. Yeah. Uh, well, not. I mean, not. You know, I I could talk about them all day. Oh, and just, I, yeah. Sorry. No, 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 no. Trust me, I, I'm like, also down. There. The reason that I also want to have you seen or have you listened to the turnaround and like, (laughs) actually the main reason I want to donate to the, the max fun drive is because I really want that cut of Jesse Thorne reacting to animals. They keep teasing on the judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm so excited. (laughs) That is going to be wonderful. I genuinely love the max fun drive time. Like they always bring out amazing episodes and, I mean, like they always out like outdo themselves every year with with uh, donor gifts too. But I mean, like it's just a fun time, and like there's always extra bonus episodes, and it's so fun. And yeah, oh man, last year the lapel pins were just <sighs> chef kiss. That yeah, I wasn't really at a place where I felt like I could donate, and but I, they kept talking about the pins, and I was like, oh, I want them so bad. It was so great. <laughs> back to comics <laughs> uh, anyway sorry yeah no 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 it's it's perfectly fine uh it's funny that you mentioned earlier you mentioned ryan farrier i'm actually talking to him about getting him on the show as well um but uh, you you've done like the the gumball stuff and the um the adventure time stuff i'm always really fascinated with uh sort of this um this like the, these these franchise I don't I can't think of the word right now but like the comics that are based on existing properties, um, what is sort of the process of doing a comic like that like? 
I, I think it depends on the title you're working on because, you know, I've talked to different people who've had different experiences depending upon the title. Mm-hmm. I find that with the gumball work, because also I just I'm wrapped up and am in the process of working on another graphic novel. So, like, I'm neck deep in gumball. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I've been blessed enough that, like, it's it's been really chill because um, my obviously, like, I try to capture like the spirit when I'm doing the art, but I don't try to capture the exact look. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and they've, they've embraced that. Like Bloom has embraced that and they enjoy that. And so that's really lovely. And uh, for the, the shorts that I've written, like, I, I, I don't know. It, it's been, I've, I haven't, haven't, I, I pretty much watched a bunch of the show and then just tried to write as best as I could what I felt, you know, a story that would, would fit in this universe would do. And, um, and I think it's just kind of an interesting, so, you know, the, the saying like think outside the box. Well, mm-hmm. I think, and this is something I used to say back in my teaching days was that like, I think sometimes it helps to put yourself in a box by reducing that extra noise, limiting yourself to certain tools that you can work with, um, it actually allows you to be more creative. Like, if you can color with every color in the world, like, you're never going to make a choice. But then, like, if you limit yourself down to, say, three colors, then you can flex your muscles in other ways, like, by limiting your palette, just for an example. And so mm. I think, like, getting to play in these shared sandboxes of these these licensed comics that's the um, word license Could not think of that. yeah right. <laughs> um it's so they're not my own characters but that's kind of nice like i mean i do creator own and i'm actually in the process of pitching a couple of creator own ogns and i love them like this is these these are stories that i'm really proud of and i'm really into but boy howdy when you have to come out of, uh, come up with everything from whole cloth out of your own brain like it takes time that takes effort and it's worth it but it's sometimes it's just kind of nice that you're like some of the hard decisions are already made for you <laughs> and so you get to just have fun i yeah and that's i imagine yeah <laughs> So like working on Gumball, doing the Adventure Time comic, like it's all it's it's like playtime. It's it's huh. it's I get to draw goofy, fun, joyous stuff and be really silly and over the top that I'm not always in my stuff that I write. Mm-hmm. And uh and yeah, like I said, a lot of the hard decisions are already made for me, so I get to just kick back and 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 cut loose. <laughs> that does sound actually really fun. Yeah. Um you both write and uh illustrate comics as well yeah, yeah i'm not gonna I, i'm not gonna do that question of which one do you prefer because i imagine they're different muscles that you flex sort of thing is it's yeah. different creative process yeah it's definitely different it is funny though i find um i because it's easy to fall into like um just because of work schedule and life schedules like some weeks you'll find yourself doing more of one than the other and i find i have to force myself to do a if I'm in a writing heavy week I have to still do some art at some point or hmm. if I'm in an art heavy week I still need to squeeze in time for writing because then by the time I get back around to that then I'm like how do I write how do I draw 
I, it, it, it doesn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you're just so far down that rabbit hole. You've, you've forgotten what it's like to do the other thing. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. One thing that I, I need to make sure I ask about, um, is I was, I, you know, looking up your work and I saw that your name came up in autumn lands uh, yeah, no, that wasn't me. I don't know who that is. Okay, sorry about it. No, no, that is fine. <laughs> because I was like, wait, what? And I and, and I, I know who to reach out to about that. It's on Images website too, and I'm like, I that's not me. I was like, was there a variant cover for that issue I didn't know about? No. And I I went and like dug up the issue. I have it like sitting right here next to me. I was like flipping through it, and I I you know nothing seemed like a style change. Okay, so that no. that answers my question <laughs> then. Um. And I don't know, I, I mean, there could be another Kate Sharon in comics, but anytime, I mean, okay. Well, if there is, you have to, you have to admit, kill her and absorb her power. <laughs> I've Googled myself, and the only other time I've ever found another Kate Sharon out there, there was a Katie Sharon who used to run for Drury back when I was in college, and there was, like, a Florida woman who got arrested, and her name was, like, I think Megan Kate Sharon or something like that. And so you could find her... Uh, her... <laughs> you can find her arrest reports but as far as i'm aware i think that's just a weird fluke and i think i'm the only kate sharon in comics if there's another kate sharon in comics ring me up we gotta figure something out yeah that is <laughs> there's so... already too many kates in comics there can't be another kate sharon <laughs> are there a lot of kates in comics well you got kate beaton and you got kate less and you got i, I mean half of i mean I'm not saying there aren't aren't Katie's and Catherine's out there because what there's definitely what Katie Cook and but <laughs> there's a lot of Kates, you know. Well, if you're of a certain age, there's just a lot of Catherine's. Period. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, trust me, David is a very common name. For Shout out to my age. early to mid '80s babies. You know what I'm talking about. A lot of Catherines, a lot of Jennifers, <laughs> <laughs> and at least for. Catherine's, you know, we've got a lot of ways to shorten it, but you know, there's a certain personality type of Kate's, and it seem we seem to be drawn to comics. So, huh? Interesting. <laughs> well, what's great is now the uh, the generation that has names like Hermione and saw the resurgence of Harry will now be getting to the appropriate age, and those little Khaleesi's are still quite young, but you know, they're oh, they're on their my way. <laughs> my uh, my friends who own a comic shop in in Phoenix, they named their daughter Arya but they were big fans of the books way before. Um, and so it's, it's funny now because everybody knows that name, Aria. That's <laughs> but, funny. Yeah. <laughs> but she is, uh, you know, she is several years older than the TV show. So I'm sure that's <laughs> confusing for some people. Uh, you got to love these naming conventions. My, my niece and nephew, my parent or my parents, my brother and sister-in-law uh, named them very kind of traditional names. And thought, you know, that's because everyone's doing their, their thing. And, and, uh, and you know, but that's fine. There aren't going to be a lot of, of Benjamins and a lot of Amelias. And, right. and oh boy, howdy, there's so many in their, <laughs> their age groups alone. Like, there's Those so names many returned. of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm really upset at my brother and his wife because, uh, first of all, he's a third. And he didn't have a child and name him the fourth. That just seems wrong to me. Um, but also for the child's sake. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but they they named their kids. So it was the in 
order of age. It's Claire, Bennett, Aaron, Charlie, and then their fifth one they named Sam. Uh-huh. They, they were going in a, in a pattern there, and I was really hoping we were going to get another B name, and I, I still have not forgiven him for breaking that. <laughs> and then just Sam. Oh. Oh no, little little Sammy is great. He's it, you know, there's five of them though, so he has to get attention any way as he can. Oh yeah. There. Oh. <laughs> I don't I don't know how they handle it. I've gone over to their house and just utter chaos is erupting around To all, all of the families where the children outnumber the parents. Bless y'all. I don't know how you do it. I give you all mad props. I, so much respect. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's a circus. <laughs> but I bet that makes for some really fun holidays. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Having all those kids running around, you know, good times. Yeah, and it's so fun to see like pictures of them around Halloween, and they're all dressed up and getting super into it. And then when it comes like to Christmas time, you know, they're all excited because it's Christmas, and you know, got we finally got into that age now where the like the kids are there's plenty of the kids running around. They're all excited. And it just, it makes Christmas more fun. <laughs> like it really I, does. It used to be when I was a kid, which is in the past. Yeah. I mean, like I'm the youngest of my cousins. I mean, well, I had a couple of baby cousins come along when I was 13 and 14, but they don't, you know, they're so much younger that it just, it just feels, you know, there's a like their nieces there. and nephews or something, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so like, and, and it was just them. And so we, it's been a long time in our family since we had a lot of kids running around. And then Bob and Jen had their kids and all of their friends have had kids and I'm friends with their friends. And then like, and our, our, uh, immediate, you know, a couple of my cousins that have kids that are all around the same age. And so our family gatherings now were just these huge, raucous, noisy events that is just, it's so fun. It's just so much fun. Yeah. It's absolute <laughs> chaos when you're in it, but oh, yeah. all the memories I, are great. Oh yeah. I, I don't, I don't uh, regret it for a second. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And, and I am in that great uncle phase where it's like, as soon as the kids start acting up, I don't have to deal with it. I just get yeah. to have them when they're, when they're the most fun. I love being an aunt so much. It's fantastic. Get to send them home. <laughs> right. Although I'm, I'm lucky, you know, my niece and nephew are fantastic. We just, I, uh, just last fall, uh, spent two weeks with them and my brother and sister-in-law and her sister in Taiwan. Cause my sister-in-law and her sister are her fam- their family's Taiwanese. Hmm. And so, uh, the kids were about the right age and they decided like, let's go and introduce them to the extended family. And, I was like, can I come too? Because it's Taiwan. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, and, and I love hanging out with my family. And, and they were, I wasn't sure. I think they handled the flight better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Did the parents. And like... they were a dream. They were an absolute dream. Like, I have not seen a, such a pair of troopers. Like, they were so good. And I would have expected, because, I mean, you know foreign country and yeah they speak the language but not it's super not, fluently like, right. it's not and, their culture they don't know all the norms there yeah and it is i mean like it's 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 it is different you know it's lovely and oh my gosh anyone who has the chance to go to taiwan do it do it now and go to every night market you can and visit every place oh my oh my gosh the food it's so good I just binged. I just binged this show on Netflix called "Somebody Feed Phil," 
um, which is just th- this guy, Phil Rosenthal, who created Everybody Loves Raymond, traveling around to uh, some different countries and, and just experiencing the culture and the food. And he just it does it in such a way that I'm like, I need to go to wherever he is right now because that looks like the best place in the world. Oh, and, that sounds lovely. Yeah, so I've had this real big bug recently to just go somewhere and, and just eat <laughs> well, so a lot of food. Well, on your list, put Taipei on your list. I think, I Taipei, I think Taipei was the first one they went to. Oh, I don't doubt it. It's so awesome. So, yeah. I mean, we got we got the chance to see a nice spread of the country, and it was. I just fell in love. I fell in absolute love. <sighs> I'm so I jealous right it. now. I can't wait until we go back again. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> um, are you a fan of of big two comics, or do you not really dig into the superhero scene? I am a Johnny Come Lately to the big two. I. So, okay, so my comics history is way back in 96, 97, uh, I discovered manga through um, Mixine and Blade of the Immortal. Wow. Um, Yeah, I I know, I know. (laughs) Blade of the Immortal was being put out by Dark Horse, uh, and... Nixine would eventually become Tokyo Pop, which I'm sure your listeners know what that is, at least, if <laughs> they don't know what Nixine is, which it was only, I think, around for a year or two. Mm. It, God, it was great, though. You got, like, a chapter of Sailor Moon and a chapter of uh, Harlem Beat and Parasite and Ice Blade and Magic Knight's Ray Earth every month, and it was, oh, it was so lovely. And so that was kind of what I fell into, and... Then when I got older, like late high school, early college, I started reading kind of indie, underground, more European stuff, read so, so many, so many whiny white boy autobiography comics, (laughs) which, oh, the first dozen are lovely. And then after that, you're like, I I get it. I get it. I I get it. You, I I just, I, I, I don't care. I've read them all. I don't need any more of these. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, stumbled into Sandman. Ah, and, yes. And, and uh, so that was kind of the closest brush I had to some of the big two stuff for a while. And then I'm not, no joke. I, I am post 30. I see Avengers and uh, fall in love with... Uh, the Hulk and with uh, Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner. Um, <laughs> they was like, they were writing from my soul. I loved it. <laughs> and I had heard that there was a really good Hawkeye comic out, right? That, ah, that time. Yes, the Matt Fraction run. <laughs> yes. The Matt Fraction run was, was, was in full gear right around that time. And I was like, okay, well, I, I, I know there's a lot of, Hulk stuff out there. I will still ease into that. But this I know. This I know I can get into. It's gotten a lot of good. And yeah, I fell head over heels for the Hawkeye run. That was so good. And then yeah. uh, fell into the Daredevil run with uh, Chris. Uh, is it Samney? Oh, yeah, and, Chris Samney. Uh, um, is that Mark Wade, I believe, is doing it? Mark yeah. Wade, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Also which was a great just, run. Yeah. Which I had, I had read some of the. Um. Oh heavens to Betsy! <laughs> I'm trying to think of who wrote. I read some of the earlier Daredevil and had gotten a sense of like 
everything is miserable and this poor man is going to be treated miserably and he's never going to catch a break. Is that and so, the Frank Miller stuff? Because that sounds yeah, like the Frank Miller so. stuff. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was, it was great stuff. It was yeah, wonderful. Stuff. It was just, it was the, the era of tortured daredevil, which she's always tortured in some way, but not but always to that extreme. What I Wade's run was he got a little bit of breathing room to mm-hmm. deal with his shit. Yeah. Sorry, can I cuss on this one? No, go I'm right sorry. ahead. Okay. Like, he got a little bit of space, just a little bit, to actually, like, acknowledge that he's been through some shit, and he's got to work through some of it. And, I don't know, it was done, I don't know, it was just a really touching run, and so I fell into that, and loved that, sadly, way too short She-Hulk run. Oh, uh, yeah. Soul? Uh, yep, Charles Soul. Yeah, and it was a... Uh, basically a lawyer uh courtroom dramedy with superheroes which is exactly what i want and it was perfect and like the art (laughs) was was that it was that gorgeous kind of quirky oh who was the artist on that was a javier i can't remember my co-host was here he would have it (laughs) right on the tip of his tongue but uh i feel like he did some of the um side arcs in the fraction run for the hawkeye so not oh man who yeah i i can't remember he was the one who did the um yeah when it wasn't david uh yeah uh looks like it was wada wada did the covers which were gorgeous uh, good oh. God, that man knows his way around a watercolor, doesn't he? Yeah, it, pretty great. it was... Okay, I'm going to have to look this up now. I'm trying to because... look it up. Um, okay, uh, writer, why are they not telling me the artist? Yeah. That is problematic. Marvel's Ooh. own website. Marvel's own website? Jeez Louise. Yeah, they tell me the writer and the cover artist, but not who illustrated it. P-U-L-I-D-O. I'm going to butcher that. I did not take it. Pulido, I think, is that I would go with it. Yeah. Javier Pulido. And and Ron Wimberly did, I think, a chapter or two, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just like this, that really perfect not-how-style art and, Mm -hmm. like, writing that was smart and funny and, like, who doesn't want to see jennifer go up ahead ahead against matt in a courtroom like i mean come on it's perfect (laughs) so that's you know that's kind of what i've fallen into um and i enjoy okay so the 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 superheroes i grew up with was batman 1966 show and the Uh, batman the animated series it was campy, it was silly, it had heart, uh, it had a brain, and it had hope, both of those shows. Mm-hmm. And um, and so that's what I look for when I look for something in, a, in the big two vein. Hmm. And, uh, and when I find it, it's a joy, it's a gem, it's precious. Because, you know, like, they got a lot of great people working for the big two, and so, you know... You know, when you find what you're looking for, you know, it's going to be good. So, yeah, I'm just, you know, have my own thoughts and tastes on what I want out of superheroes. I want jokes. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. You know, I, I'm someone who is always going to want a, a capes and cowls action book um, that, you know, there's just something comforting about that. Uh, but there is also well, just... they're your soaps, aren't they? Yeah, in, in everyone's all... got to have something that is their soap opera, right. whether it's cape and cow, whether it's wrestling, whether it's actual soap operas, whether it's reality TV. Everyone's got to have a soap. Yeah, no, that's a really <laughs> good way of looking at it. Uh, but that makes it also more fun when you have a comic that kind of gets off that beaten path. When you have this really bizarre vision comic that was yeah. written by uh by tom king and and like this mr miracle i hear is is really great and yeah stuff like she hulk and that great run of of hawkeye which i think is a that is a really great way to get people into comics because it's not quite superhero it it's it it has superhero trappings in it but it's a just about a guy down on his luck trying to do some good it's and, very much of like a yeah like kind of like a psychological slice of life with superheroes. Right, with occasionally he punches a guy. Yeah. <laughs> it, do you have any story in your head that you know if you got a chance a run at one of the big two characters? Is there someone you want to do something? I fun have with? a. I definitely have a Bruce Banner story. Ooh. Uh, limited run, so <laughs> don't have. <laughs> I I it. I even have the perfect title for it and everything, and it would be just a nice little mini series. Uh, and uh, I think it would be a lot of fun, and it could be self-contained. Uh, whenever Bruce Banner, I think he's dead right now. I have no idea. I think I've, he's back. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was one thing when I started looking into all of the Hulk stuff is he never catches a break. Yeah. Ever. Like he's, it's worse than Daredevil, and I'm like, oh, this poor guy. Oh, he just, you know, <laughs> he didn't ask to be the big green thing. You know, there's there's a lot that could be done with him, and a lot. I feel like he's just more than just a a male power fantasy of get get angry and solve problems by smashing stuff, and uh, and I would love to take a crack at that with like a six or 12 issue miniseries, just something nice. nice like I said, a nice self-contained run. It doesn't have to mess with continuity. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, I, and I would like it. It would be a lot of fun and then have a little bit of a brain and a little bit of a heart to it. If I could pull it off. Well, you know, so. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you to spill the secret here. Don't want anybody stealing it from no, you. No, I don't want to let go but, of that title. It's too good. Man. Oh, it's too good. The, the, you know, if you, if you get a run at it, I, I, you're coming back on here and you're going to tell us all about it. Cause I'm so curious. Oh yeah. Oh, believe you me. <laughs> if I, if, if for some reason down the line, they call me up, I, I, yeah, I will be shouting from the, the rooftops that I get to do my banner story. So oh, that's, that's so great. That's one thing I, I love getting, you know, always asking people about because you know, the big two are the big two and and to get, as you were talking about, like playing in that sandbox, you know, not not having to have the uh, some of those pressures of create your own stuff, and you know, the the way you're describing it, like doing uh, a limited run, just get in there, tell your story, and get out, sounds like the perfect way to do it. Oh yeah, and I mean that's how I write, anyways. Like I am, I don't, I always have an ending in mind, and I always want to have an ending. Mm. Um, I don't. I understand completely for other people that they like to have the sprawling 
universe and the narrative that unravels as they go. And I, I totally get that. And that's a lot of fun to play with too. But for me, I get overwhelmed. I yeah. have to know where I'm headed or else I just can't drive the truck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely understand. And a lot of that sentiment got echoed when I had John Arcudi on the show and, you know, we, we were talking about rumble and he was saying that he wants rumble to go as long as possible, but he's always had the last arc in mind. And, and when that day comes, you know, he's, he's ready for it. He's someone who goes into everything with, with an ending. And I think that that, I, think... I just think it, it, it makes for better storytelling. It really does. It really does. You can, I mean, you, you can see where stories right, just fly off the rails when you can tell that yeah. they don't know where they're going and they just have to fill time. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's obvious and it's, I don't think it makes for a good story, maybe an entertaining story, but I don't know if it necessarily makes for a good one. But that said, I mean, I don't even know how many years of Naruto I read. Oh my gosh. I <laughs> picking up a story that had no clue what was going on. Oh no. And I, I made myself finish it. Like when I, when, uh. it, when it was all done, I made myself finish it and I couldn't, I could not tell you so much of what happened. I couldn't name more than five <laughs> characters, <laughs> but I was like, if it's done, I'm seeing it through. And of course now they're doing like the whole thing about his daughter. And I'm like, Nope, I'm out. Nope. <laughs> I did out. my time. I didn't even, and like, cause this was the problem was that like, I had hit a point where I just eventually kind of walked away from, I mean, like I'm starting to dip my toe back into manga and anime and, Same, um, yeah. and now that, uh, uh, Kashimike, I believe it is, put out a uh, Blade of the Immortal movie, and it's on Hulu right now, and I'm so happy I could just plot. Like, uh, that, I didn't even finish reading Blade of the Immortal, like, the first manga, the first comic I ever followed religiously. And, yeah. like, I, now I'm like, well, now I have to go back and finish it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to see what happens. Make sure that Tai Tai makes it out okay. That I love. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's stuff. There's there's even some like running American comics that um, you know these guys have been doing for like forty years and are still getting released. And I'm like, I want to get into it, but God, there's so much of it. And as I'm getting back slowly myself into like some anime and some manga, I always check to see like how much of this am yeah. I committing to. If we're, it seems like there's kind of a trend there where it's not quite so. It's not like Naruto. It's not like One Piece. It's not like Inuyasha where it just doesn't yeah. end. It seems like that there's a change there too, right? Which and, I'm grateful for. Yeah, and and again, there will always like as we mentioned earlier, there will always be the soap operas where there yeah. will always be that thing that never ends. I don't think One Piece is legally allowed to end. I don't <laughs> nope, even, mm. I'm still shocked that Inuyasha ended. I, I, <laughs> did they did those crazy kids get together i don't i think it i don't think they that's you know i don't did. know i feel like i heard the i looked up the ending and i don't think it was a, a very satisfying ending and so oh, i think i just kind of erased boo. it from my brain <laughs> i have no qualms in looking up spoilers i same you know i don't know i have a lot of things going on in my life and I don't always have time to properly sit down with all the media that I want to sit down with. And so I'm a horrible person and I vet my media. Oh, no, I'm, I am with you. I, 
especially with like TV shows right now, there's so much stuff that I'm, I want to watch and it, it has gotten way off the rails and I, I have to like, I have to check like, is this good? Does it stay good? <laughs> Am I yeah. going to be pissed three seasons in? Is there a point where I should stop? Like, I think I, I watched, I did watch Supernatural and the first five seasons are this really well scripted story that... They're campy and they're fun yeah. and they're enjoyable. Yeah. And but... I think it was originally only supposed to be five it, seasons. Yeah. There's this really great arc. Kind of like Buffy. Yeah. Where you can tell. It was supposed to be five seasons. And then they're like, uh-uh. Right. You make us too much money. Yeah. And I, I think I watched season six of Supernatural and then I'm like, it's been fun. But... <laughs> it's a long and yeah. thanks for all the fish. I've got, I've got other stuff I gotta do. <laughs> Yeah, it's I had to bounce you, on Buffy me. because of that. I had to bounce on X-Files because of that. It was just like, what? Uh, both shows that I finished. X-Files, I think you're okay on skipping that. <sighs> Buffy, it's complicated. Yeah, I, I dipped my toes in a little bit, and every time I did, I regretted it. <laughs> so I, was like, <laughs> I actually, between you and me, I liked the ending where she died to save the world. It was so great. That was, you know, I mean, call me controversial. I felt like that was the proper ending. Well, and no Slayer (laughs) makes it to old age. That was, that was sort of this running theme of like her life is on the line continuously and she will not make it, you know, very far in life. Like all Slayers die. And that was, I mean, that, that was Check off, nice loaded that gun it. in the first act. Like, yeah, yeah, we had we had to let her go. Oh, I mean, do you know how Buffy ends? Um, I feel like there was something with like every girl becomes a slayer. All, all, and all potential Spike slayers. Spike tried to rape her, and all of this weird stuff. Oh, and I'm like, that. But all potential slayers have the power of being a slayer, and that is <sighs> problematic. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm fine with it ending at season five. She done good. She saves the world a lot. Yeah. No, there are some shows where I, I'm like, you know, this is my ending and I'm fine yeah. with that. And I'm I'm totally fine with everyone. If you prefer what came after, if you or what you know, like you do you, man. Like that's the beauty of media is that we all come to it. We all have our own unique experiences because we all come at it from our own unique perspectives and we're all going to interpret it all in our own ways and i think for the most part no interpretation is wrong i mean well (laughs) sometimes it is i think like okay i think as long as you don't try to force other people into to I guess it goes back to the whole idea of like safe sane consensual like whether it's sex or whether it's your pop culture (laughs) uh, uh, preferences like you can have your opinions you can have your predilections but don't hurt anyone in the process that's a good message yeah no that, that, that is a good message to go by 
<laughs> but of course, this is the internet. So if you want to yell at Kate Sharon about why Ooh. Buffy season six is the correct one, her Twitter account is at Kate Sharon. And I will say, okay, that's great. Yeah, good, I'm so good glad for you liked it. And you got something out of it. I'm so happy you did. Yeah. And I don't mean that sarcastically. Like if you genuinely connected with it and it made your world a better place, then great. I'm glad. I'm so glad that a piece of media had that power for you. Look at you. Look at you <laughs> being all level-headed and and all that. You know, I just, I, I love, I love stories. This has been a thing that I've loved since I was a small child, and I don't care whether it's in a movie or a book or a TV show or a comic. I think they are wonderful and they are transformative and they make our world a rich and brilliant place. And I think that there is room for all stories in this world. <laughs> and I want people to be touched by these stories and to love them. And But they're not going to, not every story is going to touch every person. Hmm. Just That's just rule number one, like my mom always said. Not everyone's going to like you, but that's okay. You're not going to like everyone else. <laughs> well, I think that is a wonderful message to leave things on. Um, <laughs> No, I, th- I, I I agree with that sentiment 100%. Uh, Kate Sharon, where can people find you around the internet? You can find me at, uh, well, all of my usernames on all of the social media is Kate Sharon, K-A-T-E-S-H-E-R-R-O-N. Um, I'm most active on the Twitter and the Instagram, uh, especially follow me up on Instagram if you want to see pictures of my adorable dog. And her super cool uh, Indiana Jones tattoo. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's, it's so, so rad. It's so rad. <laughs> Which, Brian Lovell original. So if y'all are in Ludlow, Kentucky, go get some ink from the man. He's so good at comics and tattoos. It's amazing. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, and also, my website is katesharon.com. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really easy to find. That is, Kate, it's consistent branding. I, you know, I was lucky enough. My brother's uh, been in marketing for years and years. And when I first started getting into illustration, pre-comics, he's like, get everything in your own name. Yeah, that's real uh, smart. Best advice I ever got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I definitely think people people should definitely follow you on Twitter and Instagram and check out your website if people want a taste of what you're about. Because you have some great little little sort of one-off stories. That Wonder Woman versus Cerberus story is is really cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's a really great entryway into seeing what you're all about. I'll be updating that within the next week or two because C2E2 is coming up. So if anyone's going to C2E2, um, I'm not tabling, but I will be there. So reach out to me uh, if you're wanting to catch up. And wait, is this coming out before C2E2? When is C2E2? (laughs) Uh, First weekend in April. Oh, yeah, this is is coming out in a couple of days. So. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I realized I was like, I don't know what his production schedule is. <laughs> so yeah, I will be in Chicago. I will be at C2E2. Um, I will definitely be free and available. I'd love to catch up with people in chat. I'm all about meeting everyone I can uh, uh, and talking about comics and the McElroy brothers and <laughs> anything else. <laughs> well, wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you.
Worst episode ever.